Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good morning, Key. Right off the jump, you want to weigh in on something we just heard a few seconds ago? <laughs> I don't care that he wasn't a coordinator. Neither was Dan Campbell. Neither was Herm Edwards. Turned out pretty good for Herm Edwards. He wasn't ever a coordinator. They stop moving the goalposts all the time, man. Stop. I'm happy for Coach Cully. I am extremely happy for him. Let's not stop. Let's get right into it. So the Texans have hired David Cully as their new head coach. I think most people, myself, I can't speak for Jay, but most of the audience probably never heard of this guy up until about 72 hours ago. Key, obviously, is inside football, knows him really well. Here's, here's where I want to start. He's 65 years old. These are the guys in the NFL that are head coaches right now in their 60s. These are the guys I think you've probably heard of, and you're going to hear a lot more from Coach Cully because of everything going on with the Texans and the search and the way it materialized. We should mention Coach Cully, African-American, 27th year in the NFL, the assistant head coach, passing game coordinator, wide receivers coach for the Ravens the last couple years, off the Andy Reid tree, played quarterback at Vanderbilt back in the day when black players were first just getting in to the SEC. There's a lot of stuff to dig into. Here we go. Coaches in their 60s. Bill Belichick. Mike Zimmer, our guy, Vic Fangio, we're not sorry. Pete Carroll, <laughs> I'm still bitter over that. Bruce Arians, Andy Reid, all of those guys. And the seventh, by the way, the two guys that will meet the Super Bowl, both in their 60s. And the seventh key, tell us more about David Culley. Well, I think when you, when you look at it, he's spent 27 years in the National Football League at multiple stops under Andy Reid, whether it was in Philadelphia, whether it was in Indianapolis when he was there, whether it's, it's uh, being in Kansas City, now in Baltimore. He waited a long time. He recruited me way back when he was at Texas A&M. I've been knowing him that long. Then when we got to the combine, he was my combine instructor. Uh, and then throughout the years, just communicate with him throughout the years. I'm extremely excited for him. You wait this long to become a head coach, and now all of a sudden you got a, a, a long, a, a hard task because now you, your first main job is to figure out how to communicate with Deshaun Watson. Now Deshaun may not want to stay, but you, hey, okay, I, that's fine. I got to move on at some point when you coach Cully. And I think for him, you had to take this job, whether it was Deshaun at the quarterback spot or the punter. This, it's a job that there's only 32 of them. And when you waited 27 years and you've been an assistant coach for that long and now you have the opportunity to get in front of ownership and do your sales pitch and they hire you, you jump on board. Now, for him, with all the contacts and all the connections around the league, you hire the right staff and you do the same things you did as a passing game coordinator, receiver coach, whatever position, quarterback coach, he's checked every single box on the offensive side of the ball mm. except a title as offensive coordinator. Doesn't mean anything. If he ain't calling the plays, I don't want the title. Now he's in charge. He's the head man in charge for the Houston Texans, hire the right staff, put those right guys in place, and do the same things you did at coaching those other places. Lead the charge, lead the ship. I, I'm, I'm, you know, when I saw it this morning, I, I just, you know, I just took a minute and was like, damn, that's what's up. You know, because he deserves it. He, 27 years. Think about it, Zubin. You earn it. You earn it. This ain't, 
Oh, well, you know, he climbed the ladder in five years. He was really. No, this is 27 years, Jay. 27. I hear you, Key. Not five. Oh, well, you know, he, he started at running back coach and we felt like he did coordinator for one year and we hired him. No. Who's vo- who's Tana voice is that, not by until the way? next Monday. <laughs> oh, geez, Zubin. Zubin. <laughs> I wasn't talking about Tannenbaum. I'm just saying. We're kidding, Micah. We I'm listen. just saying what they say when they hire these dudes. You know, they say, oh, well, you know, he climbed the ladder. He's only been coaching five years. How the hell did he climb the ladder? You know, now, 27 years, you climb the ladder. And I'm happy. I'm extremely happy for Coach Cully. I'm, I'm happy for him. I really am. Key, I feel like Ron Burgundy right now. I'm in the glass case of emotions because I am happy, but then at the same time, I'm also severely concerned, right? I am happy that a guy that you just gave me insight on, an African-American head coach, the only one hired in this cycle, will get his shot after 20-plus years of putting in the time, right? Um, And I I think that's rewarding, and that's deserving for a guy like Coach Cully. And I want to see him succeed. I want to see his staff come come into this situation and build this franchise up. I think one of the areas that I'm severely concerned in, though, is that from a fan perspective – you know, watching this organization, it, it, it continues to prove that once again, you know, like they don't really listen or care about what a guy like Deshaun Watson has to say. Right. It, it's um, at the end of the day, it's like, hey, great. You're Deshaun Watson. We're great. Uh, and, you know, you tell us that you want a guy like Eric Bieniemy, So we do this last second interview process. And then at the end of the day, though, we're going to make whatever decision we want to continue to make. And if I'm Deshaun Watson, hopefully David Cully, a guy like that, can help him and say, hey, find some way to keep Deshaun Watson in Houston. But at the end of the day, if you're if you're having issues with Cal McNair and that that relationship seems fractured. And if there are issues that stem with a guy like Easterby internally within the organization and then once again you have your superstar that's in self-imposed exile right now and you can't get a hold of him and you say you know what we're going to make the decision that we want to continue to make if you're Deshaun Watson you're sitting there saying okay that's fine now I'm going to make a decision I want to make and I'm out well the organization can't be held hostage by Deshaun right they've got to continue if we assume because we don't know if Deshaun had a conversation or some sort of communication in this process with Coach Cully. I don't know that. Um, but let's assume that he did not. They, he, they can't, as an organization, be held hostage. They got to, they gotta, you know, senior bowl's going on. They got to put a staff together. They got to start the process. So I get it. We wanted Eric Bieniemy. I wanted to be one of those guys in front of the, the Houston, Texas, Facility with a picket sign saying, Eric B. Enemy, Eric B. Enemy. I wanted to be that guy. But we don't know if Eric B. Enemy decided to say, you know what? And I said this a, a couple weeks ago. Maybe he said, yeah, yeah, you know what? I understand there's only 32 of them, but I like Kansas City. But what if, like he didn't, huh? what if he didn't, Huh? What if he didn't? What if he didn't? Like, you know, I know you posed that but, opposite but side why, of the argument. What why, if he actually wanted to be there? Maybe Deshaun Watson and him had a relationship. There's also that side of the argument as well. No, it is. But I don't know either side, though. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm hypothetical in these situations because I don't know whether or not Eric Bien and me passed on the job. I don't know whether or not Leslie Frazier decided it was too much thing, too many things going on. I could sit in Buffalo and wait to the next cycle. Sometimes – Coaches got a great thing, you know. You you get to chasing things, and the other things go away, and you wind up looking 
like a fool going to Houston and you had a great thing going on in Kansas City and even a better thing in Buffalo for Coach Fraser rather than be a head coach and take a bad job because Deshaun Watson isn't going to be there and you stuck with Josh McCown as your quarterback. Like, the, I'm just being honest. <laughs> Go back to Josh McCown. Well, because he's oh. on. He is one of their backup quarterbacks. So yeah, when you he's stuck in with Charlotte that, the whole year. When but. you stuck with that, you know, you like. Mm. And Coach Cully took the job after 27 years. You take that job. You, all, you, you take it. All I know is from the people I know around that organization and people around Deshaun is that Deshaun really wanted Eric Bieniemy, and Deshaun really but, wasn't happy with I, how the communication went between. Upper management and himself. No, so I that's, get it. That's all I'm saying. I'm no, posing he, different he sides. He certainly wanted Eric Bieniemy, but when you don't initially go after Eric Bieniemy, and then you give him what I would deem as a token interview after Deshaun is upset and frustrated with the process, now I'm Eric Bieniemy. I'm good. I'm getting ready to go to the Super Bowl. I'm good. I sit tight. I'll wait for some other job to open up next year. Last few things we should mention. Obviously, this is a double win for black coaches because, number one, it's a black coach that got hired. It's good. the only it's one in the cycle. It's a good deal. The notion that a lot of white coordinators or people that are not at the coordinator level can skip over the coordinator level to get a job. That's exactly <laughs> yeah, what. He's a special teams coordinator, Jay. But oh, sorry, sorry, special teams. But sorry. that's what Cully did here. So that's another hoop a lot of people thought he would have to go through before getting there, and he got there. And so I can crazy, only say though. this. I can say this because I did a little math this morning i can make fun of myself the asian guy doing a little bit of math this morning he's 65 years old i added up all of the seven coaches the median age of all seven guys if you just divide them by seven 45.8 so he's 20 years older than the average coach hired in this cycle which is great because the experience pays off if you take his age out because he's the outlier it's 42.8 so he is almost 23 years older than the average coach hired in this cycle. White guy likes Daly, Muslim guy likes Salah. So it's very important. That's where the experience I'm happy comes him, in man. big. God, I'm happy for him. Wait, thing? Key, do the front office voice again. No, man. What? Because that front office guy is a numbers cruncher. I, I didn't say it was a guy. I just said front office in general. Tannenbaum Mondays at 6.40. Not Tannenbaum. Stop. <laughs> Last thing I would say for enemy though, and this is a cautionary tale. He's interviewed for a ton of jobs. This is the first known job Cully interviewed for, and he got it. So Eric Bieniemy, wow. to your right, he could have turned it down, but think yeah. about all the opportunities Bieniemy's getting. Something may not be clicking. Cully interviewed one job in 27 years. Boom, got it. It just has to be mentioned. I just hope that it just he has, has to be shine at a neat sitter. <laughs> that's for sure because he'll be blamed in the fall guy so, in four years hell of a situation to inherit no we got doubt. a wrap here sorry pat no got a hell of a game last night between the lakers and the sixers on the way the sixers get the win but in one very early season award according to jay lebron gets the win we'll dig into that after i tell you about our latest 30 for 30, which is called Al Davis versus the NFL. Looking back on the long-running feud between the Raiders owner, Al Davis, and NFL Commissioner Pete Rozelle, two of the most influential figures in the history of pro football. Beginning in the mid-1960s when Rozelle was the NFL's young commissioner and Davis led the rival AFL and continuing through the 1980s when Davis waged a lawsuit against the league to allow him to move the Raiders from Oakland to Los Angeles. The two titans were constantly and very publicly at odds. The latest 30 for 30, Al Davis versus the NFL premieres February 4th at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. And immediately following its debut, check out the Jalen and Jacoby The After Show podcast, where the guys will be joined by the director 
of the 30 for 30, Ken Rogers. Listen and subscribe to Jalen and Jacoby, the after show, wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, they did these after shows after Michael Jordan's last dance. That was a huge hit. Expecting the same for Al Davis versus the NFL Thursday, February 4th on ESPN with the after show to follow. That, that fall specifically when you, uh, you were pushed by LeBron. Guarantee you that if it was me, I would have probably been ejected. He deserved the flavor. And we wanted to go against the champs. You know, that was that. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Ten seconds to go. Lakers lead by one. Out top, Harris with five. Harris drives on Crusoe. Hangs, fires, shoots, and makes it. Sixers lead by one. Oh, yeah. That's a shot I work on time and time again. We wanted to go against the champs and see how we matched up and fit. You know, that was that. You know, I'd say they matched up pretty well. That's the voice of Tobias Harris. Big shot, three ticks to go. Philly had a 14-point lead in the fourth against the King and Company. It all winnowed away, but Tobias was there at the end. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Tobias there at the end. Let's start at the beginning. It's a little early for MVP talk, but... Even though the Lakers lost that game yeah. last night. No, it's not, Zubin. We're a quarter of the way through the season. One game. Go. Quarter of the way through. It's one game, Zubin. It is just one game. And at number one in your MVP rankings, it's early, Jay, but a quarter pull through. You've got the king at the top and another guy that was on the floor in hot pursuits. Yeah, I, I said yesterday it's between Joel Embiid and a guy like LeBron James. I think Kevin Durant is in that conversation. Nikola Jokic is in that conversation. But look, LeBron James should have six MVP awards, <laughs> damn it. Six. Like, he should surpass Michael Jordan. 2018, I felt like he got robbed from James Harden. I also felt like he got robbed last year with Giannis. And I think this year, the numbers are speaking for themselves, right? Like, now, because of last night uh, at Utah, and I think the, the Lakers are at the top of the overall standings in the, in the, in the, in the NBA – 
But I would say just with the way LeBron James is playing, career high in three-point shooting percentage at 41%. He's shooting 50% from the floor. He has a career low in minutes that he's being played, averaging 25 points per game, eight and a half rebounds per game, seven assists per game. And But it's all the ancillary things he does for his team. And last night watching them play, they were down double digits within two and a half minutes left to go in the game. And he just find a way to turn it on. I know that the 76ers got to win off a Tobias Harris shot to close the game with two and a half seconds left, but it just feels like this Lakers team is prone to do something incredible once again, led by LeBron in a way he affects every aspect of the game. And I just want LeBron to continue to get his praise, and I don't want to see it be one of these years where somebody else steals an MVP award away from him because we have LeBron James MVP fatigue. Yeah, I, I, but I think when you look at it, though, Jay, I don't think that'll be the case this year. I think because of the way things went last year with him in the MVP voting, if he stays on course and doing what he is doing right now, and at the end of the, the, the season he's where he started, I think he gets the nod. Because he, in my opinion, is so far, so far out in front of everybody else because of his age because of what he's doing on the floor, where the Lakers record is at, how people are coming into the season looking at the Lakers as a whole. You know how momentum is. When you carry that momentum into the end, that carries volume. It goes a long, long ways. And I think, you know, from a Giannis standpoint, you're not going to keep giving out MVP trophies to guys that don't finish the deal. I mean, you're just not. How could that be an MVP? I understand it's a a, a team award, I mean, an mm. individual award within the constructions of a team, but you don't advance anywhere. I gave you an MVP two years in a row, and you stuck on stupid, right? You can't move <laughs> past that. So I think when you look at it, LeBron led his team to a championship a year ago and didn't get the MVP voting, and he kind of threw a little, you know, kind of, now I don't want to call it shade because he didn't hide it. He said exactly what he felt. And now he comes out again at his age. looks like he's 22 years old again. And, and, and so when you start to look at that, it's like, well, what can you say? I understand Luca's playing great and some of the other players are playing great. But this dude is doing this at this, this age? age? I mean, like, come on. At the age of 36, he's a four-time regular season MVP, a four-time NBA Finals MVP and right now in the MVP race, according to Jay, quarterway through the season, the Kings at the top. Jay, I see you vexing. What's going on? <laughs> because I want to root for the 76ers. I love Daryl Morey. I love Doc Rivers. I like some of the pieces that they brought to the table, including Seth Curry, who can spread the floor. Danny Green, he can shoot, even though Danny Green sometimes looks very, very old on the court, especially <laughs> defensively. Key, like he begins yeah, yeah, roasted yeah, yeah, yeah. when he's on the island. I now see why the why the Lakers are like, oh, okay, Danny, like you cool over there. <laughs> but like, so I just don't trust Joel Embiid. And I, last night watching him play, and I, I'm, I, he's having an incredible season. Like I said, he's in my MVP conversation. I just wonder sometimes about his durability key when when stuff gets tough, when it comes time to make a play. Ben Simmons is horrible this year at the free throw line. Granted, he's been playing more aggressively down the stretch. And I know that, you know, Doc Rivers is supposed to unlock Tobias Harris. And he did have a game winning shot last night. But there's something about this team just feels like they're lacking that leadership, like that toughness. And I, I watch Milwaukee and are there questions around Giannis in the playoffs and teams building a wall around him? But I, 
I watched Drew Holiday. Like, Drew Holiday is a dog. Chris Middleton is more of an ancillary player with Drew Holiday and Giannis, and they can shoot the ball well from the outside. I watched the Nets. Are there questions about them defensively? Yes, but I still know they're going to be trying to make moves during the trade deadline to find a big, if that's an Aaron Gordon or if that's a JaVale McGee to help them kind of build out defensively with this team. I, I just feel like with what I watch, and I watch basketball every single night into the wee hours of the night, I feel like right now if I were to bet money, I would bet money on the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks being in Eastern Conference Finals before I would have the Philadelphia 76ers in that conversation. Well, I, I think, you know, first of all, you got to give Embiid credit, right, yeah. in, in, in falling under the spell of Coach Rivers and getting right now Coach Rivers has changed everything in my mind about Joel Embiid based on what I saw last year. Out of shape, didn't look great. Now he's running the floor. He's knocking down the long-distance threes the way he is at in transition. So when you start to look at him, you start to say, okay, I felt like that all along. If you remember Jay Doc going over there or Glenn Rivers going over there, I'm like, he's going to get them turned around. Everybody, for the most part, was like, oh, man, you can't get rid of him, move him, move him. I'm like, no, man, that dude going to be all right. So far, so good. So far, so good. These are the numbers that Jay mentioned. These are the most important numbers because with Embiid, as Jay said, it's all about his health. Here are the total number of games he's played in the NBA, realizing most of these seasons are 82 games, right? Mm-hmm. 31 games, 63 games. 64 games, 51 games. This year, 14 or 15 games, they played 19. So even this young year where he looks like an MVP candidate, he still has missed and key, a he handful got, he of got, games. He got tapped on his stomach last night and fell on his back. And literally, you could have felt a pin drop in that building. Everybody got worried about it. And what happens with Joel is when he's injury prone, he starts to settle for more jump shots. And until I see that mentality change for Joel Embiid, I don't know if I can ride with him to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, Sixers over the Lakers, 107-106, thanks to Tobias Harris. A reminder to tune into Mike Greenberg show Greeny, which immediately follows our show, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin on ESPN Radio. As always, Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can. Have the newsmakers you'd expect and interact with you every single day from Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right into Greeny weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. On the way, there are a ton of teams that are asking this very question, but does any team have a juicier answer than the Pats? Who's going to be their quarterback mm-hmm. next year? Well, weigh in on that. What's going to be fascinating from a Patriots perspective is how when one domino falls, what does that mean for the other? Matt Patricia is back on the uh, Patriots staff and obviously has a relationship with Matt Stafford. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? 
You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your Sports Center update. Great one in the NBA last night. Sixers over the Lakers, 107 106. Philly looked like they were going to cruise up 14 in the fourth. Lakers storm back Tobias Harris jumper with three seconds to go to win it for Philly. As for the Lake Show, they got the Celtics Saturday night, a little prime time on ABC. All of the NFL. Man, stop, man. <laughs> Key's watching this morning. MB Try to tell you, Key. Writhing around on the floor on ESPN2. <laughs> we heard uh, Jay's thoughts on MB earlier. We'll get back into this game in just a little bit. All seven of the NFL's head coaching vacancies have been filled. The seventh and final goes to David Culley, 65 years old, an African-American, hired by the Houston Texans, 27 years in the National Football League, spent the past two in Baltimore, passing game coordinator, wide receivers coach, assistant head coach, recorded key at Texas A&M. Back when R.C. Slocum was probably the head coach, right? Shh, back don't in the tell day. anybody. <laughs> that was a long time ago. And on a more serious note, Chad Wheeler, Backup offensive tackle, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks, formerly. Well, he was arrested Saturday, early Saturday, after an incident at his residence. The story and the details here are so grisly, I'm not going to mention them on the radio. It's all over the internet if you want to go see this. Uh, It was an incident with a female in a home. It is strictly horrific. Again, the NFL and domestic violence rearing its ugly head. And this is nothing new for the Seahawks. You may recall that Frank Clark, who's been a great player for them, was kicked off the team at the University of Michigan for violence against his girlfriend, then was drafted in the second round by Seattle. Again, I'm not pinning this on the Seahawks, but this is an awful story. And Wheeler is done and charged. Jay, um, like I said, I don't even really want to go in, into the details because it it's is horrific, tragic. Horrific is the right word. It's horrific. And you know, from somebody who has a daughter and from somebody who dealt with this growing up within my own household, like I, I, this story is appalling. And it, it, it's a little bit frustrating for me because I feel like over the last couple of days, it hasn't gotten the national attention that's deserving because we need to speak about this stuff so we can address it key and address it head on. And I feel like guys, even though I know that he suffered from bipolar disorder and he didn't take his medication and I've seen statements that he's made, it's not acceptable at all. And I just want to make sure that we carry the same kind of heat for guys like Chad Willer that we carry for Ray Rice and Kareem Hunt and other guys. Like it just feels like this story has been brushed underneath the radar a little bit. And everybody, you know, they they come out with a statement, the NFL addresses it, and then we're just on our way. And I, I, that's not going to happen on our show because I know our show is drastically different and we're going to confront it. Yeah. All I can do is say it's disgusting. It's, it's, it's not the way to go. It's sickening. And whatever help he needs to get, he needs to get the help, but he also is going to be, facing some criminal charges as well and the proper authorities to deal with the situation in case. And I think we've seen the last of him in the National Football League. It's probably a good thing. The official charges, first-degree domestic violence, assault, domestic violence, unlawful imprisonment, and resisting arrest. And mm. let's not beat around the bush. There's a guy on the Chiefs that's going to be playing in Super Bowl 55 that's had a lot of problems with this as well in Tyreek Hill. So it just can't be you're great, you're the fastest guy in the league, you get to the Super Bowl, we're going to absolve you because you're not as talented as Tyreek Hill, you're just Chad Wheeler. All of these guys are culpable. Let's move on to a little bit more. 
of a lighter and more forgiving NFL topic. What's going to be fascinating from a Patriots perspective is how when one domino falls, what does that mean for the other? And you look at Coach Belichick, he likes big, strong arm, smart, tough. Matt Patricia is back on the uh, Patriots staff and obviously has a relationship with Matt Stafford. What if Stafford goes to a place like the 49ers, which then makes Jimmy Garoppolo available? Oh my, that's Mike Reese, the Patriots insider. He could be covering Jimmy G for a second time if that happens. A reminder that that Sports Center update was brought to you by Indeed. Are you hiring? You need Indeed. Indeed immediately delivers quality candidates from their resume database when you upgrade your job post. It's that simple. Receive a $75 sponsored job credit on your first post at Indeed.com slash credit terms and conditions apply. It's time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. As you may know... The Pats likely are going to need a quarterback. We'll see what happens with Cam Newton. You just heard Mike Reese say maybe a return engagement for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yesterday, Romeo Cronell, the former Chiefs head coach, interim with the Texans, a guy that coached under Bill Belichick, joined us yesterday morning and essentially says, here's the blueprint for Bill. Bill is a a very good football coach. He's a good evaluator of talent. And, you know, I think that um, he will look at his team and see where he needs to to pump it up at what positions he needs to pump up uh, and then try to address that uh, this off season, you know, through free agency and through the draft. And uh, I know there's an old adage in coaching is that good players make good coaches. And so uh, I think we all understand that and realize that. And so we try to get the good players uh, to make us look good. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. We'll go to Boston in three minutes to get the thoughts of what's going on in the city from guys that cover the Pats all the time. Key, what do you think here if there's an opening to play quarterback for Bill Belichick in 2021? They've got to find one. I mean, there's, you know, there's there's the usual cast of characters that's out there. You, you, you heard them in that bump talk about Matthew Stafford. Okay, it, it, does that satisfy Belichick's taste buds? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I had him. I moved him. Does that satisfy Bill Belichick's taste buds? So when you start to think about some of the quarterbacks that could become available, and it all depends on what Bill wants to do. Does Bill want to run it back and assemble some pieces, or does he want to completely tear it down and start fresh and draft a young quarterback somewhere in the early part of the first, second round and build a team for the future, it just all depends on what he wants to do. There's a lot of little pieces and holes that they have to address. There's a my position that's horrific for them. They, they don't have any receivers. I mean, the best receiver is a free agent, Jacoby Myers, who is doing as much as he can do. His ceiling is only so high, mm-hmm. right? They got to address the tight end issue. Uh, assure up some of the offensive line. Look at some pieces on defense. So he's got to put a team together that he feels good about. In the quarterback spot would be a good starting spot, but is some of those guys that's out there the right choice? Yeah, I think that, you know, if you can get a guy like Matthew Stafford, if you're able to pull that off, great. I think if not, then you you go to the draft, obviously, with the 15th selection this year. Will a guy like Mac Jones be available? Key, I know you're not high on Mac Jones, but, uh, you know, from what we heard from Lewis Reddick the other day, he has been extremely efficient in him throwing um, and the way he's played. So, you know, and if, if you do get a guy in the draft that you decide to build more long-term with, then do you go out and get a guy like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? We, we saw how great Ryan Fitzpatrick was in Miami with the likes of Tua uh, from a leadership perspective, from a 
tutelage perspective, a mentorship perspective, right? Put your arms around a young guy, but still a guy that's extremely serviceable and played at a high level and can understand schemes and systems due to all the different teams that he's played for. You know, Matt, here, here's what I would say about the quarterback spot for Bill Belichick. When you look in his coaching tenure, where has coach valued that the highest guy I believe was Jimmy Garoppolo that he's drafted mm-hmm. in his coaching tenure, not just at New England, but in Cleveland as part of assistant coaching jobs with the Giants as well as the Jets. Like where has he drafted or been a part of teams that have drafted quarterbacks 15th in the draft or 12th in the draft or late in the first round? I mean, you got you to gotta understand his philosophy and his thought process. Tom Brady, for all intents and purposes, kind of fell in coach's lap, and then he developed him to become one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. But it wasn't like he drafted him in the second round. Mm-hmm. He passed on him yeah. four or five times before he made a decision that this was going to be a guy that we think we could work with. Even Matt Castle. They found Matt Castle, who hadn't took a snap basically at USC, dusted him off because he saw the talent and said, this guy can make an NFL club. So when you start to think about the way that he builds teams and how he builds rosters, is not going to get a quarterback in the first round because somebody says that's what they need to do couple things on Fitzpatrick. I love your Fitzpatrick. And then I think he has the clean sweep of the AFC. Exactly. <laughs> he's played for everybody. Zubin for two years, right? Everybody. No, Buffalo, no. Miami, he the Jets. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's Jets, Miami, Buffalo. Yeah. Right? That ain't happening, though, in, in New England. Here's the other I get question. what Jay is saying, but it ain't happening. No, I, I like the idea, though. Here's another thing we can ask our expert in Boston who will be on in a minute. You guys mentioned Matthew Stafford. Again, Stafford is going to be 33 years old next week. He's been in the league a dozen years. He's 0-3 in the playoffs. But I think you know when you play for the Lions, that's a mitigating factor. However, this could be interesting. And you tell me what you guys think, and we'll ask Dale Arnold about it from WEEI, the powerhouse station in Boston, in a minute. There's lots of reports that Matt Patricia, the old Lions coach, is going to go back to New England to be a consultant for Bill Belichick. I'm just asking you. I see the, I see the, the look on your face. Is there any way that could affect Matthew Stafford's future Man, you think in New Ma- England? You think Matthew Stafford want to mess around with that dude? Just, cause, just, cause, just because he's going back to Boston doesn't mean, or New England doesn't mean that Matt Stafford wants to go to a team that's rebuilding. Matthew Stafford is at the tail end to a degree of his NFL career. He's trying to win. And, 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 and going to New England for him, what, like, do you really have a real legitimate shot at winning? You know, there's other, I'm sure there's going to be other suitors that are out there for Matthew Stafford. Plus, do Bill Belichick want to take an injury prone quarterback? You know, Matthew Stafford has missed. A ton of time in Absolutely. the National Football League. Absolutely. He's always hurt. Always hurt. Well, it's always hurt because he plays for the Detroit Lions. Well, I mean, that, that may be true, though, Jay, but I mean, we miss on that when we're having these conversations. Let's put the facts out on the table. He has been an amazing statistical quarterback, but it's not like you saying you're getting a guy who's a perennial 
playoff contender year in and year out. Yeah, I, I just feel like he's never had a true running option. I mean, it, it, and his O-line has always been subpar. Yeah, that's facts. Real quick, before we go to Boston, this is how long it's been. The Lions haven't won a playoff game since 1991. Anybody want to take a guess? Dale Arnold, you can take a guess if you want. He joins us from Dale and Keith, WEI 93.7. Last Lions quarterback to win a playoff game. Anybody want to weigh in? 1991. Anybody? Uh, Kramer. Yes, Eric Kramer. Eric Great Kramer. call, Keith. <laughs> Sorry, Dale, he beat you to the <laughs> punch. Laugh. All right, Dale, I want to ask you. Keith's poo-pooing it. Patricia back. I'm, I'm... not poo-pooing it. <laughs> Matthew Stafford to the Pats <laughs> with the Patricia factor. You go. I can't believe, well, first of all, he doesn't have a choice, right? Does he have a no trade? Can he, can he, he dictate where he goes and where he doesn't go? Uh, I think they have a communication uh, going on with the Detroit Lions, which I love. I love the fact that Detroit, Dale, I said this, will we'll work with him to find the proper destination, which you don't typically see teams willing to work with guys. They hold on to them in, in, until they just rot. But in this situation, they're willing to work with them. I always wonder what that means. Do you, I mean, let's be honest. Key, as long as you've played in the NFL, do you trust when management tells you they're willing to work with you? I, I, in this situation, I do, because his agent, as well as himself and and Coach Campbell, they all kind of saying we want to, you know, let's see what we can get. We know that this isn't because we're going to rebuild, and why let him sit there for the next four, three years, whatever, and you're rebuilding. Why, why do that to him? He deserves the opportunity to find a, a destination that he desires. Well, if that exists. If that kind of relationship exists and if that kind of proper treatment of, a, of an athlete exists, then no, they won't trade him to New England. And I don't think he wants to come here. Uh, I heard what you were saying about the rebuild, and I don't know if it'll be quite as long as that. I, I've got probably more faith in, in Bill Belichick and $60 million in salary cap money to play with, you know, to turn this thing around. But everything I've read indicates that the perfect place for him and the perfect place for the team would be Indianapolis where they may just may be a, a Matt Stafford away from being a, a contender in their conference. Yeah, that, that that sounds about right. That the, uh, Jim Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis coach said that they, they're going to look at everything, but a veteran quarterback, which fits the description Dale of a Matthew Stafford would be perfect for a team that was built for Andrew Luck to make a run. And the keys were handed to Phillip Rivers. And we saw how far they went with an aging Phillip Rivers. And now Matthew Stafford comes aboard. If they could keep him healthy, that's a perfect landing spot. I guess the question is, if you're Frank Reich and you're a quarterback away, would you want that quarterback to be Matthew Stafford or Carson Wentz? Because that's the other name that you've heard connected to the Colts, Reich and, and Wentz, and you know what could he do with him? I, you know quarterbacks a hell of a lot better than I do. Which one do you think would do a better job for them? I think Matthew Stafford would, would – well, both of them, but I think Matthew Stafford – you can get Matthew Stafford a lot less than you could get Carson Wentz for in terms of what you have to give up to acquire him. But the New England Patriots, they got quarterback issues of their own. What are they going to do, Dale? Oh, yeah. Uh, deep trouble in that regard because, and, and you and I have talked about this several times during the course of of the year up on on my show up here. Uh, Cam Newton was horrible. Yeah, watch and out. He was horrible. I mean, you're a quarterback in the National Football League in this day and age. You play 15 of the 16 games and you throw eight touchdown passes. That's horrible. 
he threw six more touchdown passes than one of his wide receivers did. Uh, <laughs> You've got to think it through here in terms of quarterback play in the NFL in this day and age. I love the guy in terms of the person he was, he is, how he comported himself here, the kind of teammate he was. But they were held hostage by the quarterback position. Not that they were that good anyway. But uh, they've got a, a bunch of holes to fill. To me, it starts with quarterback. Does does Bill Belichick take one at 15? Does he take a Mac Jones at 15, as, as some people have suggested? Uh, you know, Does he try to, to move up a couple of spots and, and get a Trey Lance? If, if he can do that, up to 10 probably where you'd have to go to get somebody like that. In which case, I would bring in a veteran quarterback, a a Ryan Fitzpatrick type, for instance, oh. and say, and, and and do him what the what the Dolphins did to him. Hold the spot down until Tua gets in here, and and you know then we're going to give it to him. Dale, I just said that same exact thing, and then it's a complete sweep. He's played for the Bills, the Jets. I mean, he's played for everybody in AFC East. Yeah, I'm not sure Bill gives a damn about getting, getting him the sweep, but but it would work out that way. I mean, it would it would. Uh, all I want is somebody who can who can be competent not be a distraction, not tear apart the quarterback room. I mean, Brian Hoyer is that kind of guy, but he can't play. Uh, you know, great guy, great in the room, all that stuff, but he can't play. So I would literally sweep the quarterback room clean. Uh, I'd get rid of Hoyer. I'd get rid of Stidham. I think they've already gotten rid of Cam Newton, or if they haven't, they will. Uh, and I'd start over, uh, and I would start over with a draft pick and a veteran who could get me something to, to get me over the hump until that kid is ready to play. When Dale, you, oh, go ahead, Jay. I was going to say, Dale, let's talk about a quarterback that once was in New England. What's the overall sentiment in that area about Tom Brady making another Super Bowl? You know, I've gone back and forth on this during the season, and I've been honest with, with our listeners up here about this. I started the year not rooting for Tom Brady. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be a Buccaneers fan all of a sudden. Uh, you know, I, I didn't like that the that the marriage ended, and it's like I, I I chose dad over mom or mom over dad, that sort of thing. But as the season went on, I went back and forth, and did, you know, was I rooting for him? What was I not rooting for him? In the NFC Championship game, I completely flipped, solidly back in the Brady camp. Wanted him to beat Aaron Rodgers. Wanted him to beat the Packers. I'm rooting for him on February seventh against Kansas City. Want him to win. When, when we talk to our listeners about it, overwhelmingly, the fans of New England are rooting for Tom Brady and they want him to win. Now, some of them want him to win just because it makes Bill Belichick look bad. Hmm. You know, and, and they are pissed off at Belichick that it ended the way it did. They put the blame almost exclusively in his camp. But most of the people up here are rooting for Brady to get number seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dale, how do you feel about Kurt Schilling's not making it into the baseball hall of fame do you care uh kurt and i have been friendly over the years um i, I don't want to make it sound like we're friends I'm, I'm not hanging out at his house he's not hanging out at mine but we've been friendly uh we shared a a love of girls hockey my daughter played high school hockey his daughter played high school hockey and we got, got to know each other a little bit the kurt Schilling of the last couple of years is not the same kurt Schilling that i became friendly with uh, there was not a more charitable person in sports in this town than Schilling when he was here. He was tirelessly uh, trying to raise money for different causes, ALS being chief among them, but the Jimmy Fund and, and everything else. He gave of his time. He gave of his money. 
he was a good, decent person. The Kurt Schilling of the last couple of years that you see on social media, especially, is a different guy. He's 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 bitter. He's mm. he, he's very very political uh, and and does not want to even brook the possibility that there's another side to a story. And he's alienated a lot of people. Now, does that affect how he threw the baseball? Not a bit. Uh, he hadn't thrown a pitch in 18 years or whatever it is. So, you know, it, it's not like his stats changed or he became a different player. He was a borderline Hall of Fame candidate for me. Regular season, maybe not. Postseason, positively, and it pushes it over, over the top for me. But a borderline Hall of Fame candidate pissed off a lot of people the last couple of years. And that was probably enough for 16 of those people, the 16 votes he fell short, to say, you know what, I'm just not going to do it. I feel bad in that regard because it doesn't affect the play that he had on the field. But if baseball puts in this gutless integrity character clause in that in that ballot that they've got in there, well, not baseball, but the Hall of Fame, then they better damn well define it. And they don't because they don't have the courage to figure it out on their own, and they want sports writers to do it, and that's wrong. And I couldn't agree with you more because somebody named Ty Cobb is in the Hall of Fame, right? And we have to think about it from that perspective. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, Keyshawn J. Will, and Zubin, all of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline, including the very hot at the moment. We'll let him cool down. Dale Arnold. Next year, we'll obviously have the poppy consideration here as well. So that talk is going to start simmering here too, Key. Dale. Yes, sir. Go Dodgers. (laughs) No, just stop it with that stuff. You, you didn't do nothing until until Mookie showed up. I'm just saying. Go Dodgers. <laughs> Mookie, I hear you. Go Red Sox. Go Dodgers for Mookie Betts. We'll see. Go to spring training. Let's, that's on hold for a second, it appears. We'll see if that goes off indeed next month. Dale, thank you so much. Have a great show today. Talking Tom Brady, Kurt Schilling, Poppy, Cam Newton. We ran through a ton. Really appreciate your perspective. It won't be as good as Tuesdays when Keyshawn's on it, but we'll do our best. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Thank Dale. you very All much. Right, buddy. Thank you very much. I sign off with that every time I'm on the show. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Go Lakers. <laughs> go Rams. Go Raiders. Anything from the West just to get on their Boston skin. And we'll go back East. Speaking of Boston, is Tom the biggest reason the Bucks are in the Super Bowl? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.